Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Happy Haven Podcast. Uh, once again, flying solo is Gnarly Canary, and today we have on Chris Ryle, um, big wig at IDW. So, uh, what do you do there for for IDW? I'm the chief big wig here. Um, no, my uh, my official title is the chief creative officer. I was previously our editor in chief um, since 2004. And I took over as the chief creative officer in addition to the editor-in-chief job about three years ago. And now we've since um, carved out the duty, so there is a separate editor-in-chief here, and I am now just the chief creative officer. As far as what I do, I basically oversee the publishing, which means now I'm figuring out what we're publishing, who we're going to go after, what direction to take the books, you know, talking to all the editors about what their plans are with the titles they work on, and then going after kind of the big, unique opportunities like the recent Star Wars title that we announced, stuff like that. Yes. I heard about that and got super excited. See, yeah, because I saw on the email the the job description was different than the first one, which was editor-in-chief, and then this one was what you are now. So I was like, wow, those are some big hats to wear for, yeah, it was, for a it comic was kinda, company. It, there's a lot of overlap in the jobs. I mean, you, you know, we're all kind of working toward figuring out how to make the best books with everything that we publish. But uh, the editor-in-chief's job is to more directly wrangle the editors as, as far as keeping the books on time, making sure pages are coming in every week, all of those more granular details. And doing that and trying to keep an eye on the big picture and figure out the direction for the company was just starting to be – it's going to be counterproductive doing those two things. So now – I was able to shed a lot of the, the scheduled responsibilities and uh, just focus more on the big picture stuff. Cool, man. So, yeah, you guys, I, I just have to say, as a fan, um, you guys are killing it. Um, I'm actually much more likely, in all honesty, um, to seek you guys out, Top Cow and Dynamite and Image, more than DC and Marvel lately. Um lifelong Ninja Turtles fan and what you guys have done with that book is amazing. I got the uh the first volume hardcover Raphael edition oh, yeah. for Christmas and that thing quickly became one of the most coveted books that I have. Uh the, it's gorgeous outlay and just what you guys have done with Ninja Turtles I've been following since um it came to you guys. The stuff you're doing with Ghostbusters um now you're doing Star Wars. Basically, you guys are the comic house of the happy child inside <laughs> of me all the time. So, you know, first off, I just want to start by saying uh, congrats on what you guys are putting out. I know those are only three of the many books, but, yeah, yeah but you no, guys are killing it. Well, I guess if you count Turtles, the multiple Turtles books we do, it's probably more than three, huh? But, uh, no, I appreciate it, man. That's that's awesome to hear, and that's that's our goal. You know, I... I been reading comics pretty much my entire life and i read licensed comics back when i was a kid and they were you know there are a lot of bad examples of how to do them so I, I like to think that a lot of us here have learned from the stuff that doesn't work and and sort of tried our best to uh figure out the best ways to do these things and i do think turtles is is really just one of the ultimate expressions of how to do a good licensed comic which is full respect for the material and you know we, we approach it just like a superhero book in fact we saw some reviews that said, you know, that, that call it the best superhero book on the market now, which is really gratifying. And having, have to agree like Kevin with that. Kevin, you know, having Kevin back on the book, 
is uh, is a thrill and keeps us, you know, keeps us on track as well. I know. I saw. I mean, that. Yeah, when you saw that name on there, and you were like, "Oh wow, okay." Like, yeah, like it's not just okay. Nickelodeon put out a cartoon, so let's read. No, it was like this is a real deal. Here's your turtles from the. Yeah, I mean, I've I've loved it, and the fact that you guys had the stones to do um, what you did with Donatello a while back, and. You know, you, you, I, I'm sure you guys knew that was a big risk. Like, Yeah, it's funny. It was one of those where, you know, everything now in comics is so telegraphed that uh, we we honestly didn't make a big deal of that because we thought, well, let's just see how the story plays out. And then people, I think, jumped on it because they were shocked because it wasn't one of those where, you know, we went to the newspaper and announced there's a big death coming up or a big, big something happening. It was more of just like, let's let the, the story happen and see what people think and I love that. Like, I would love to see a little bit more mystique back in comics, but uh, you know, I think I think people will really dig next when, when they see that Raphael is now a member of Hydra. Yes. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> uh, we probably won't go that route, but yeah, it's fun when you can sneak up on. Something, <laughs> but, uh... No, I, I, yeah, I totally know what you mean. Like, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Here's the thing, and then the world just reacts negatively, but I know, I mean, reading that issue, and I'm not just going to talk about Turtles, it's just, that's my favorite book that you guys do, because the Turtles have been a big part of my whole life, you know. Um, yeah, and I love that we're heading toward, you know, the longest running Turtle series ever, that's that's kind right. of awesome, especially in a world where everything is relaunched so often now, you know, to be approaching issue 73, and working toward our big plans for 75, you know, that's, that's mm. really exciting. Yeah, now you've got what universe is out and that uh the Batman crossover. That was really cool. I actually have all those individual and I'm actually going to get it in one trade, but I did buy them as they came out. That was as soon as that got announced, that was one of the first titles to be added to my pull box. Oh cool. Well, it's funny yeah. like I I I figured the main kind of the Batman and and Turtles universe crossover would be a big hit and but then the animated thing you know, you never know, because those books never sell quite as well as the regular series do. Um, and then the Batman Turtles animated thing came out and was an even bigger hit. And people really seemed to love that one, too. So that was that was a very cool surprise that that one went over as well as it did. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you guys are killing it. You've got the crossovers with the Ghostbusters. I'm just starting to get into those. I really dig the Ghostbusters line. Um, yeah, so... I don't know how much you can reveal, but the main reason why I reached out was all your stuff from Star Wars Celebration, and I was like, oh, my God, to be there. That looked amazing. It was fun. So, yeah, I've, I've never been to Celebration before, even when it was in Los Angeles. I never uh, got up there to the show, so this was my first one. So just to be I mean, be in that convention hall with, like, I don't know that I've ever seen a convention that just had so much, like, excitement and enthusiasm and sort of positive energy. It, it you know, when they had me on their, the Star Wars show, the YouTube show that they do, it was like being on TRL or something. You know, like, just the people surrounding the stage and cheering. <laughs> it was crazy, just uh, just the fan response to everything there was so cool. You know, I got to watch um, the Episode Eight trailer reveal in the room with all the the hardcore fans. And just to, you, you get really caught up in that, just everybody's energy and everybody's positivity. It was really fun. Yeah, I actually was off that day. 
and was live streaming it. And I mean, I wasn't in the room, but there was a difference than just getting a link on Twitter and then being like, oh, here's a trailer, but actually watching and listening to a room full of people emote the same with you while you watch that trailer. And then they ran it twice and... So yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, it and, was amazing. Yeah, and then just um, you know, after we announced our thing, I had parents come up and a couple of librarians come up and thank us and say how much they've been wanting, you know, a younger book that they can get younger readers into for Star Wars. And so I was really happy that that went over as well as it did too. And you know, there were some Marvel folk uh, on the panel, and the Marvel editor was in the front row. So I was like, well, I hope this goes over well across the board, and it's, yeah, I mean, everybody seemed very enthusiastic about it. Yeah, that's actually what I was going to, um, that, that's actually where I wanted to go. I don't know how much of it you can speak to, so you guys are getting uh, a Star Wars book going. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Just to say that out loud is very... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so um, what does all that entail? I kind of wanted to... Instead of filling in the audience, I kind of wanted to let you just have um, carte blanche to talk about this upcoming thing. You guys are able, as much as you can, speak to it. Yeah, I mean, the great thing is, so Marvel's doing the comics that are aimed basically at the their core audience, you know, the people that, that read Marvel comics and stuff. We now have rights to do a comic aimed at their kids, basically, you know, 7 to 12-year-olds, the people that are watching Rebels. and uh, My kids. Yay! Yeah, and the cool, the cool thing of it is, is our our grant of rights allows us to to touch every movie and the animated series and you know characters from Clone Wars, and so we can do an issue featuring Ray, but we can also do a backup story featuring Bosk, or you know we can we can run the gamut of Star Wars characters. Um, so the lead stories will be every issue will have two stories. The lead will focus on you know kind of the more popular or familiar characters. Ray will likely, you know, kick off the series, and then the backup stories will will feature more, I don't know, fan favorite or obscure characters that maybe aren't, you know, maybe Bosk couldn't carry his own lead story, but there's got to be a fun four or six page story you could do with him, and and there's so many characters like that in the universe, so there's a lot of things we want to do and a lot of fun we want to have, and so being able to do two stories per issue at least allows us to get to more of that sooner. Yeah. Definitely, but but and I know what it's aimed for. But you know that we adults are going to buy it too. I mean, I have a ten year old, and she is just now really coming into Star Wars. You know, not like Daddy pushed, but you know, she's coming into Star Wars. <laughs> well, that's just proper parenting. I mean, exactly. But yeah, I mean, Go that's ahead. the cool thing about doing a comic. You know, aimed at a certain audience, which means we don't have to we don't have to have photorealistic artwork, and we don't have to sort of thread the continuity needle so tightly. Um, you know, we'll still adhere to the canon, of course, like that, but it, it, the focus here is just on fun, accessible stories that, that will appeal to everybody, you know. It's, it's kind of like when I was a kid reading comics. There, were, there was no comics aimed at kids and YA and adults. It was just comics aimed at everybody, and you got different things out of them depending on your age and your experience level. So if we do a story now, again, I keep going back to Bosk because I'm a big Bosk fan, um, you know, maybe kids don't know who he is because he just had that little cameo, but a fun story is a fun story, and then maybe people that are older that do know who he is could get something else out of it. So that's our goal is to kind of like we do with, I don't know, My Little Pony or or like the Turtles Batman animated book, you know, just make a thing that is fun and high adventure and appeals to 
as many people as possible. Exactly, but 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 it's a you know it, it bridges a gap because you know like with the Ninja Turtle thing, like my daughter got into reading comic books. Um, I took her to a free comic book day a couple years ago, and you guys actually had a My Little Pony, um, and a couple other ones for her level, and we took them home and we read them together, and then she started getting into reading them regularly, and now she's moved on. I'll I'll, I'll get TMNT. And then as soon as I hit the last page, she's already looking, and I'm like, here you go. <laughs> so it's, yeah, you know, it's it, it, it actually created an experience that now I do have, you know, with, with my kids. Yeah, um, that's the goal is, you know, I want I want everybody reading Star Wars comics, you know, ours, Marvels, and if our stuff is where you start, and then you, you know, as you advance along and you start buying the Marvel series, like that's, or you buy the reprints of the old Dark Horse and old Marvel stuff, like, there, there should be Star Wars for everybody, and so we're excited to be able to contribute to that. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, when I saw you guys were getting to be able to put your hands on the Star Wars universe, I, I did get excited just because of what you've been able to do with that. And like you were saying, I remember when I was a kid, um, a lot of the, if you didn't want a superhero book, a lot of the licensed stuff was was the Disney books, and it was basically just comic book adaptations of the little five to ten minute cartoons. I mean, I remember I had a lot of those just because of the the age group, and I like to see a more you know serious treatment given to licenses for kids. You know, n- not dark stories, but you guys actually put a very good creative effort into the licenses you have, and it does encourage and foster you know, uh, a love for, for comics and reading in general with the way you've treated your licenses. So, like I said, I mean, I love what IDW is doing. I love being able to, to reach out and get you on. And, you know, it it's it's just really cool to see um, things that I grew up loving being given such a good treatment, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's, like I say, that's our goal. Like, comics hooked me as a kid, and if we can do things that hook people as kids now and make them want to keep reading, like, that's uh, that just feels like that's the mission, you know? Exactly. So, I wanted to dive into, were there any tidbits at Celebration that maybe other people who didn't get to go didn't get to see? Um, I showed a few pieces of art. We got three initial pieces of art done, and one was by... Um, Chris Samney, who, you know, is a big, big artist at Marvel right now. One was by a guy named Eric Jones. um, And it's very, it's a good demonstration of what this art will look like, you know, on on some of these stories. Um, Very kind of animated style. You know, if Marvel's doing the movie version on paper, we're essentially doing the, what a Star Wars animated series with all these characters would look like on paper. And then there's a piece by Derek Charm, who, uh, who I see as of yesterday got a couple Eisner nominations um, for his work on Jughead. He did some Star Wars stuff with us. I'm sorry, Star Trek stuff with us before the Star Trek Academy book. And so, yeah, I mean, they're all, it's very different from one another, but they're all, they're all equally fun and cool. And like I say, I think the artists probably like that they don't have to adhere to photo likenesses, which uh, for the artists, you know, is a little bit more freeing. But we didn't, you know, beyond showing some of the art and then talking about doing basically what I described, you know, the lead story and the backup story, um, we didn't get into any more specific details from there. 
We're going to launch in, well, I, I didn't, the one thing I didn't mention on the panel, which I, I wish I would have, um, we're going to have a free preview of the comic at Comic-Con. So it'll have a unique story that's just available in this Comic-Con issue that we'll be giving out in July, and then the launch will be in uh, September. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's happening fast. But, I mean, you guys have such a breadth of content, though, like, um, you know, like uh, March and Love is Love, and then you've got the stuff like the Star Wars for Kids and the TMNT to My Little Pony and Lock and... Do you got? Did Lock and Key finish? It finished in uh, at the end of thirteen, yeah, and then we did just that's what I December thought. of last year. We brought it back for a one shot that was set in the past. Just kind of that's why I asked because I saw that and got really excited. <laughs> like, I mean, Joe Hill has done? plans. Joe has a lot of plans to do more. In fact, he has kind of the the framework for a, a new thirty seven issue series. But you know, it all now it all depends on everybody's schedules, like, somehow since Lock and Key got going, and then certainly since it ended, like, both guys' schedules have booked up so much that uh, I know we'll do more, but it's it will be more sporadic than it was, anyway. Right. And yeah, I, I, Lock and Key, man, that, I don't think, I know everybody who read it was just like, this is amazing, but that that was some... That was some ridiculous work right it's, there. Yeah, it's one that I always hold up as, like, probably my favorite single thing that we've ever published. Um, <laughs> Definitely. But, I mean, part of part of that, too, is because the two guys that that ran the whole thing, you know, Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez, are they're just two of the best people I've ever met in this business. So it helps when, you know, the book is really good, the talent is there, but also the people make it such a fun, gratifying thing to work on. So the entire, you know, the three, four years that we worked on that together was – you know, that's among some of my favorite moments of, of having done this job the past dozen years. So the fact that, you know, now we're all moving into uh, a, another and hopefully the best attempt at getting on TV um, this fall with we're shooting a pilot for Hulu, you know, hopefully moves the thing into different areas, too. That just answered my next question. I was like, I heard that they're going to switch mediums and maybe we can see it in a different form and... Now that I know there's a potential pilot out there, I am super stoked for that. <laughs> well, there was a pilot in 2000, I don't know what was it was, 2010 or so that Fox shot, and then it never yeah. it never went anywhere. And in fact, it, it's weird that it was one of the rare pilots that didn't even leak online anywhere. They let us show it at a couple of conventions, and then uh, that was it. So hardly anybody ever saw it. Um, and then it was, you know, from there it was developed for film, and that never went anywhere. So now... Now that we basically have the rights back ourselves and we have an entertainment division where we can develop TV ourselves, you know, it's we can we can control this to a greater degree than ever before. And so having Joe write the pilot and having a guy like Scott Derrickson, who did Doctor Strange, on as the director mm-hmm. of the pilot and Carlton Cuse from Lost on as showrunner, like I feel really good about uh, its chances of, you know, becoming a, a big thing this time. Oh, yeah, that's going to that's going to crush it, dude. That's that. That's our plan. Our plan is to crush it. <laughs> I mean, if you haven't noticed, I, I steps is is he's my co-host. Um, he's in he lives in Tulsa. I live in Atlanta. I am the extremely passionate side of the show. He is the 
rational side of the show. So all the episodes that I do by myself, I think sound like a guest trying to keep track of an of an ADHD adult kid <laughs> who just finished a whole box of pixie sticks by himself. Because I'm looking at everything, and I just I. My, my love has always been comic books. I mean, I like video games, and when we do movies and TV shows, but comics, I don't know what it is. It's from childhood. There was something about it that just snagged me, and I'm sitting here looking at us, and I'm looking at G.I. Joe, and I'm looking at Dirk Gently and Jem, and, Je- and I'm just like, there's too many questions popping up for me. <laughs> yeah, by the way, well, I, what I'm wondering more than that, though, is... Uh is this Steps' protest vote? Like, is he not on this call because he, you know, he's not a fan? No, he, um, Oklahoma right now, uh, since last week, um, they've been under a flood warning for days in a row, and he does maintenance for an apartment complex, and I've had to do a couple shows by myself because the poor guy is just, like, trying to keep up with all of that, and then, I mean, his own house is there, so, you know, it's, it's, he's actually at work now, um, <laughs> just trying to deal with that. dealing with real life while we're sitting here talking about, uh... <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Well, tell him, tell him, tell him he was missed anyway, yeah, hope it all, hope that all works out okay. Yeah, I mean, so far, so good, I just, I know he was trying to, and he was like, I'm on call today, and it's just the weather has not gotten better, so... I told him, well, I'm going to go on and do it and spaz out and <laughs> just love comics with, <laughs> with, with Well, yeah, Chris. It's, it's a valid Talk about Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. So I like, um, you know, I mean, society right now is is so left-wing, right-wing and stuff. And it's, you know, everybody seems to be mad at everybody that I actually admire um labels like yours that allow real creativity and show real diversity. You don't just take characters that you've had forever and reskin them or change a gender or change a this and change a that and do a pandering um, like a couple of the big houses do to try to keep up with with what people want. I mean, it's kind so, of hard for us to reskin, you know, metal robots and turtles and ponies, so... Uh, <laughs> Right, but you guys still have the cojones to put out books like Love is Love and stuff like that. And, I mean, I just wanted to, you know, on my own, commend you guys for actually showing and and allowing creativity of actual diversity and not a pandering version of it to actually go there with it, like with Love is Love and, and stuff, and actually... Put it out there. Well, that's why I'm happy Gem went over so well when it came out because you know we certainly didn't we did real body types in that book and, and real right. diversity and stuff and it was fun that it, it hit an audience in a way that that you know they appreciated because it was organic to the story and um, you know I, I'm cast no aspersions on anybody else's attempts to uh, to sort of diversify their line but yeah for us it's it's been nice to do things at times when it's made sense story-wise and, and not to, not for any other reason. Exactly. And, yeah, and, and, and that's what I was commending. I was going to bring up, Jim, like, you guys retooled it in a way that actually works and, and is easy to accept and not something that, that came across as, as pandering or shallow or temporary. 
Um, so, I mean, on a totally separate note, kudos to you guys for for being, you know, in, in the face of, of how our society is currently so split, having the, the bravery to be like, screw all that, here's a real story for you to read. Well, you know, you know? I mean, when I was a kid, like, comics were, like, for everybody, comics are a good escape from... Uh the dreariness of the real world, and I think I think things are are very dreary for an awful lot of people. And so, if we can, mm-hmm. you know, do things that give them a a fun few minutes of a diversion here or there, like that's that's kind of the stuff that helps keep everybody going. You know, it's just the, the things that they can they can stick to because they enjoy it, and while dealing with the the realities of life. So it's it's nice to be able to offer books that you know appeal to as wide a number of people as possible. Right, most definitely. And uh, so with you working with with licenses like um, Doctor Who and X-Files and G.I. Joe and Transformers and stuff, when when the popularity of the actual TV side or the movie side of those, you know, it waxes and wanes, does that affect you guys um, as the books come out? So, like, you know, if Doctor Who kind of drops in popularity do you see that guys do you see that affect you guys or well have the licenses for you guys well we don't really say the doctor words around these parts anymore because the comic moved over to titan so yeah i yeah i know that but i also know that doctor who is is not nearly as popular as it was but i mean you guys have other franchises where yeah it's other... weird it, it it all sort of depends on the property like um Something like Gem, when the Gem movie came out, the Gem movie felt like, you know, it didn't it didn't give the fans what the fans wanted, but our comic was doing that. So in that case, the movie being less than than well received um, didn't hurt the comics and probably helped them because, you know, then people could still get the Gem version that they wanted through our comics. Other times, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if a G.I. Joe movie comes out and it's not a big hit with, with the fan base. Does that affect the comics? We haven't seen that really. Um, but, you know, on the flip side of things, when you get a movie comes out that's very successful, that also doesn't seem to have a huge bearing on the comics. So it's, it is sort of like those audiences are still somewhat split. I mean, obviously the audience for movies are massively, exponentially larger than they are for comics. So a G.I. Joe movie or Transformers movie doesn't really affect the sales on the comics either way, at least in the comic stores. Sometimes the collected editions in the mass market can get more attention because, you know, people have Transformers or Deadpool or whatever on their mind. But, yeah, we haven't really seen a direct correlation between the movie version of something, you know, affecting the comics either positively or adversely. Oh, wow, that's great. Yeah, because, I mean, I've always wondered about that. Like, you know, the, you, you hear about the the risk of, of licenses and stuff. So I always wondered that if if your book stand, stands on its own, you it, know, as opposed to... Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I'd say it, it seems to. It seems like the ones that are affected more by the movies are the one-offs, you know, like... Watchmen directly had an impact on the Watchmen book sales, but, like, a Spider-Man movie comes out, there's what, 70 years of Spider-Man comics or right. whatever it is. Um, and those aren't necessarily affected because there's already so much out there that it's not like there's a, a single book or a, a specific direction people know to 
to turn to pick up. So I think it's the ones that have like the built-in long-term fan bases that sort of seem untouched by, uh, you know, however the movies are received. I gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I, I've just always wondered about that. Like, if something blows up really fast, or, or if it tanks, if that affects. Well, one, I mean, you know, comic- there, there's a more recent specific example of that. Um, our Ghostbusters comics. So we just launched a Ghostbusters series that features the answer the call characters. You know, the the female Ghostbusters from the yeah. movie. And the movie, by all indications, didn't do what the studio wanted, and there was all that ridiculous fan nonsense before the movie came out. And so when we first announced it, we had people going, oh, God, nobody wants that. They didn't want the movie. They don't want this. And the comic has done really well. It's sold out right away. It's been really well received. And so it's funny that a thing like that where the movie didn't necessarily hit the numbers maybe that the studio wanted, but it did give a fan base that felt underserved by Ghostbusters something new, and they've been really positive about the comic. So, yeah, you just, you never quite know how it's going to work, but uh, – and it's kind of different every time, but that was a nice, nice end result of that one. Yeah, most. I mean, yeah. It's, like I said, I just started getting into the Ghost, but and I, yeah, I've, I've really liked it so far. And then, um, you guys have a whole games division. Yeah, it's a uh, year and a half in now. It's and it's it's doing very nicely. Awesome. I saw the. Uh, I saw the the Ninja Turtles game, and I might have to anger my wife by buying it, actually, while we're yeah, talking a, right now. <laughs> it's a big game and a big investment, I know. No, but yeah, but it, it looks amazing. Um, the only other game, other than, you know, the, 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 the board games they put out for kids, the only other game I remember was a tabletop RPG. And I think they said the books were going into print, but for many, many years... Um, if you didn't have the book, you weren't going to find a copy of it. Yeah. Um, it was out of print for a while, so... Yeah, I'm definitely... I'm actually looking at the details of the game right now, and that might actually be a purchase before we're even done. <laughs> I, I want to hear, hear that final click. <laughs> but no, um, so... Yeah, speak... Uh, if you want, we, we could talk about that, too. Um, the game division, you guys have a slew... Of, of games for people who listen to this to, that uh, to get into. Um, I know basically everybody I hang out with, they video game a lot, but we also like to tabletop and board game when we're all together. So, so you say you launched it a year and a half ago? Yeah, we started and we started kind of small. We did a, a comic that we had, um, we turned into a game based on the comic Kill Shakespeare, which was, mm-hmm. you know kind of the historical board game, which uh, which always do well. Um, we've done a lot of, you know, we've done some unique things, but we've also done things based on properties like The Godfather and X-Files and John Lehman's uh, Chew comic that he did an image um, with Rob Guillory and, you know, Orphan Black. So all kinds of things, you know, based on familiar properties too. And, you know, some have been the big box games, some have been small card games and, uh, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Like it's really fun getting into that kind of thing, both as a game player and you know at, at the company itself. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's awesome. The, the catalog is impressive as I'll get out. In fact, I'm looking at um, Bed Wed Dead right now, and 
out looks like it'd be a fun alternative to Cards Against Humanity. Which yeah, it's more of a, um, it's basically F. Mary Kill, but with a more, you know, fast market, <laughs> palatable title. <laughs> yeah, yeah a palatable title. You guys have a Planet of the Apes. Okay, I could. Oh, yeah, Planet of the Apes like, is coming, too. Ooh, I could tangent on that all day. <laughs> yeah, and that's the cool thing, too, is sometimes, you know, there's, there's, Maybe a comic license that we can't get because it's in somebody else's hands, but uh, then we can do a board game so you can kind of bring a story to life like with Planet of the Apes in different sort of ways. Yeah, most definitely. Um, so you said, how how long did you say you were at IDW? Oh, uh, man, since 2004. So this is, um, I'm like a month out from my 13th year. Wow. Is is that uh, is that where you started with comics, or did, were you somewhere else before? It is no. Well, I I was working for Kevin Smith, you know, filmmaker before. Um, I was running, really yeah. I was running a website for him called. It was it was a, a site in his look how I'm like tentative to say the name. It was called MoviePoopShoot.com. dot uh, com. Movie poop shoot. Well, it it was a fake. It was like an Andy Cool News parody site that he had in one of his movies. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah, and then he and I got talking just from some weird online like it's a whole it's a whole weird story but um we eventually got talking about work stuff and he said you know i got this site name and i'd like to turn it into a legitimate pop culture portal you know with comic and movie and tv news and i'd like you to run it and i instantly said yes i'd be happy to i i I know exactly how to do that and then i left his house and i had this panic attack like i don't know how the hell to do that um (laughs) And he's like, well, you have two weeks to do it. So we, we launched in two weeks, and I got everybody I knew that, um, that you know, it was like the Tom Sawyer thing of getting people to help paint my fence because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And But through that site, I got to know a lot of comic people, and then that led me um, in this roundabout way here. So, yeah, my first my first official job in comics was editor-in-chief, which is <laughs> – it, it's an odd starting place. Like it's, I know it's not a place where most people can uh, just, you know, break in. Wow. Got a little lucky with that, yeah. Holy cow. I was going to say, so did you have to come up through the ranks of working on books that weren't yours and then earning a book that was yours and then getting it? No, you, you wow. Well, That's funny. awesome, though. Yeah, and I was, I mean, I was essentially the only editor here, too. So you know, now we have, I think, 10 or 12 people under me. But uh, at the time, I was, I was the only guy in editorial, so... It was editor-in-chief, but it was also editor, assistant editor, intern. You know, you sort of did everything at all levels, which is – that's kind of just what I'm used to. So even now, there's a lot of that where I'm uh, still running things from start to finish just because that's – you know, that's the thing I enjoy. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you don't usually – you don't usually hear the other side of, of putting the book out. You just hear about the, oh, yeah, this is where I wrote it. Oh, this is – you know, this is my inspiration for drawing it and everything else. And so, as the like, so so as editor in chief um, or editing a book, what does that entail? Because I mean, we all know about you know, I, I I do the inks, I do the lettering, I do the drawing. I don't, but you don't usually hear like I was just saying about the other side of 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 getting books to market um, for us rabid and constantly needy consumers. Yeah, it's it's basically, you know, you're basically the guy just keeping everything moving, or the person keeping everything moving. Um, 
So in a lot of cases, you're hiring the creators, you're getting the pitches in for the book, you're figuring out the best direction to take, you know, a Transformers title or how we want to launch, relaunch Turtles. Um, and then from there, you are, are just maintaining, you're overseeing everything, going over scripts. You know, you're getting approvals on the other side, like from licensors, you're keeping the art moving. You know, you're just, you're basically supervising and sort of overseeing and participating in every bit of, of taking a comic from concept to, you know, the printed copy being dropped on your desk. Wow. That sounds exasperating. It can certainly be a lot, you know, especially when uh, there are there are different levels of reliability, I guess let's say, when it comes to, to you know, people working freelance on these things. So sometimes uh, mm-hmm. sometimes it all comes together really smoothly and great. Other times there's, you know, books for whatever reason just fall apart through no fault of your own. But, uh, you know, that that's kind of what keeps you keeps you interested is it's always something new and different. Exactly. So, um, do you guys have uh, any other team-ups that, that you thought of? I mean, with the success of, of some of the team-ups that the books are doing now. I know Ghostbusters, um, you guys have a team-up with the Ghostbusters line, right? We did. Well, we did a uh, Turtles-Ghostbusters crossover. Turtles-Ghostbusters. Okay, that's right. And Yeah. And we haven't announced a sequel to it yet, but a lot of people have uh, certainly asked about that. Um, we're always kicking around crazy, um, just crazy pairings and stuff, what we would like to see. And, you know, we'll reach out to various people and see if we can make them happen. So, yeah, we've, we've done a lot of them over the years. And we started with this thing called Infestation, which was basically trying to bring the Transformers and Ghostbusters and Star Trek and um, G.I. Joe into one big event. And, but at the time, they couldn't overlap, so we... We sort of found a creative way to work around that, and so yeah, it's, there's a you know we did the first ever Doctor Who crossover, so we've we've done an awful lot of those. I you know as a fan of that kind of stuff, they're always they're always a lot of fun to see. Oh yeah, most definitely. You yeah, you did the crossover for Doctor Who with the Star Trek, right? Yes, and we've done All Star right. Trek Legion of Superheroes. We've done uh, now two Star Trek Green Lanterns. We've yeah we've done we now have that whole Hasbro universe is interacting with one another. So there's there's been a lot of those, and I'm sure there'll be more to come. See, that's the stuff that makes me happy. And so I actually, I have a couple issues um, of the Star Trek. Uh, I believe it was the Next Generation cast uh, crossed over with Doctor Who. Um, I remember there was something with the Borg. I have some of those in a pull box. I know I have those. Oh yeah, yeah. We, I remember that. I mean, we've been we've been doing Star Trek since 2006, so yeah, you know, along the way you try to find new and different things that haven't been done, which is it's an interesting challenge because there's the Star Trek comics as long as there's the Star Trek TV. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, my dad. Um, I mean, I'm 36, and my dad, he is he's pushing near 60, and I remember him having some of those. Yeah, the gold key stuff was, you know, late uh-huh. mid to late sixties. So after fifty some years you gotta you gotta really pay attention to try to figure out interesting ways to approach things further. Yeah, but I mean like I said before though, I mean, you guys what what you do with 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 the books you have that are licensed, um, I don't think a lot of other people have been able to find as much success. 
I mean, it, it's well, funny because you know a lot. Of people, honestly. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of people are doing the stuff now. It's and you know, Dark Horse has always done a great job with it. A lot of people, a lot of people are good at it, but I still like to think that uh, the way we handle things is you know better than the way other people handle things. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what I was saying. Uh, your your guys' treatment of your licenses, I mean, either make things relevant again or or keep them relevant even after maybe the TV or the movie passes and passes out of uh, out of the public's attention for a little while. I know the books still definitely get talked about and and sell well and and do well. So I mean, that's definitely a testament to to how you guys function there uh, with the licensing. I should say, like I said, you know, I should say when when I say that we're better at it than anybody else, you know, I've, there is a bit of a bias in my opinion, but... Uh, that's okay. Not every answer has to be diplomatic. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm rarely... <laughs> I'm rarely diplomatic for, for better or for worse with my answers. Um, like I... Uh, yeah, don't ask me what I think about the DCEU right now. Because uh, huh. I don't think I have a diplomatic bone in my body for a lot of what's going on with that. But um, I just I just know that you guys really came on my radar when when I got back when I got into the Ninja Turtle line, and I've seen you know my, my daughter she loves the Pony books, and and, and she's ten, you know uh, she 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 likes the Gem book. It was funny that when I asked about does the does a movie success or failure affect you guys if you have a licensed book on it, um, she, she is being raised very much like she was growing up in the era of my wife and I. Um, my my ten my year old in 2017 would actually rather watch a gem cartoon from the 80s than most of what's on now, and I remember sitting with her um, when the movie came on HBO and she watched Jem and she just kept looking at me and she got really quiet and really introspective and she just kept looking and when it was over she finally had enough and she just she let that movie have it yeah. she, she did she uh, <laughs> she was like that's not what the holograms mean and that's not what they look like and what is it and she just went on and on and on so actually, when I went to get my pull box, I saw some issues of Jim on the shelf at the comic book store, and I gave them to her, and she she was like, "This is Jim." Like she 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 actually like she got really 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 into reading your guys' Jim line. That's that movie, you know, like. You and I remember there. There were movies that came out when we were kids that we were so excited because it was something we loved. And then you watch it and you're like, they turned it into a, a hot dumpster fire. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> well, the good thing is everybody seems like they've gotten much better at it now. Well, for the most part. For the most part. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like I just I remember like I, I watched her have that and I was like, I've had that reaction so many times. Yeah. Like, just watching her be like, they killed it. They took a beautiful thing and they killed it. <coughs> Crystal Skull. And they just... <laughs> they, they, well, they, we're, they, we're, they, we're in business with Lucasfilm now, so I can no longer agree with you on that. But, uh... <laughs> uh no, I was just... I I'm not in my head, seriously. 
I was just, uh, I, I, hey, A, I can edit it out, and B. No, I, no, I'm, I'm just totally clearing, joking. I was just clearing my throat. I, I didn't say words. Right. At all. But no, so like, um, for free, uh, you guys have anything huge going on for this weekend? Any any releases for Free Comic Book Day that are? Yeah, I mean, we we did two. We try to do two every year. So this one, uh, we're launching a Turtles book that kicks off a big Dimension X um, five week event that we're doing this fall. And it's yeah, it's 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 a big story that then leads into you know leads up toward issue seventy five where even bigger things happen. So it's kind of the, it's a nice kickoff to this big event, but it's also a bit of a recap and, and catch up for people who maybe haven't followed it from the start. So it, it's an easy thing that, you know, people grab it for free. They can, uh, they can catch up quickly with where we're at in Turtles. Um, and then we are doing a Star Trek Next Generation comic that launches a new series that is the first time ever that, the, uh, that there's been a Next Gen Mirror Universe story. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So we got, you know, Picard with the big guns, and uh, everybody in the Mirror Universe is just yoked. You know, they they all they all seem to work out when they're not doing terrible things to each other. <laughs> right. Nobody skips leg day. Okay, so, so people can look forward to, we got Star Trek and Ninja Turtles for free comic book day. Yeah, yeah, it should be fun. Now I'm even more stoked than I was. Yeah, it's gonna be a good day. I love free comic book day. It's always fun to just go hit all the local shops and uh, you know see the see the crowd, see the turnout. Right, and uh, so it's it's the same two books at every store, right? Because I know some um, some stores only get this, and then other stores only get this, or yeah, and some stores have a weird process of you know you can only get one or two free books, and so a lot of people miss out on different things or you know they've got to go sort of hunt from store to store in their area if they right. have them to try to track everything they want down and others just you know make everything available to whoever's there so every yeah cool. approach but it's fine you know whatever gets people going to the shop and, and checking everything out yeah that and, and that's why i was asking that so both books will be available at, at the stores so like yes. if, if I if I hit a limit at one, I can still go to another one, and I won't have to worry about whether they got the turtles or Star Trek. They'll have both there. I sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. they're available to everybody. Yeah, and then they're usually you know we will end up collecting this material somewhere down the line, like in the trade. So, but hopefully you know there's an awful lot of copies released tomorrow. So hopefully everybody that wants one is able to get one. Beautiful. And, and are any of the younger licenses? Get, getting a book or are, are those the only two just those two yeah we're all, we can only do two every year and so we try to pick the, the ones that uh have something special going on or some you know we don't we never try to do just the reprints like some people do we we try to make it a unique story and something special for people yeah i, I remember picking up the one uh for turtles um for last year that adjust um it, 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 I think it, I mean, it, it had recap stuff in it, but it was really good. I think it, you guys put it out, it, um, the Donatello event had just happened. Yeah. And I know, yeah, because I know it opened with, with really touching inner monologue thing with Splinter, um, dealing with that and talking about his sons and, and watching one son go through that and, so yeah, you guys definitely, I know a lot, a lot of, a lot of the free comic book day books, I mean, they're good. the The art's beautiful, but they they either tell 
a half story or it's more like a coming soon thing and and yours have seemed to actually be a, an a, an issue with substance as opposed to just uh hey you know in a month we're going to do a thing yeah and I like that. I know so, everybody has different approaches but um yeah we yeah. we like we like the approach we take and it, I'm really happy with the books this year I think they're both really solid cool can't wait looking forward to it so on a Ninja Turtle note, and I know I keep coming back to that, but I literally I'm I'm wearing a Ninja Turtle shirt right now because <laughs> I'm a giant Dorcas. But um, have you guys? I I love the 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 character introspective one shots that you do. You know, some some people call them the um, a mini series or you know a lot a lot of the one shots. Have you guys thought about? Um, and if you can't answer, or if it's something you guys aren't even thinking about, then but. Uh, have you guys thought about doing some solo books for some of the the other characters, um, like uh, like an old Hob series or? Um, yeah, a few, a few years ago we actually did that. We did um, two separate mini series where they were like they were basically spotlight issues. So old Hob got an issue. We did a few that yeah. were focused on the villains, and then some that were focused on some of the heroic side characters like Casey. Um, and we did a Casey and April miniseries. So, yeah, every now and then it's fun to do. But, you know, I, I like all the Turtle stuff that we do based in that universe to be to tied, to be tied together and sort of advance the ongoing story. Um, and part of it just gets down to, you know, I think we already have on average three to four Turtle books a month. And so I, I try not to glut the market. <laughs> you know, that's already a lot of Turtle Right, books, yeah. So. Yeah, I know. It's when it when it can make sense, yeah. I mean, I love that kind of thing where you can really focus on the smaller characters and give them their their proper due. Yeah, and and I have all of those. That's what I was wondering if you are ever going to branch out, and maybe do a like a series series for some of the some of the more interesting characters. I know. Um, I really loved. I I have it, and I actually have it bagged, boarded, and then I have a separate issue so I can read it. Um. It was the the one shot. What if Shredder had the turtles? Oh yeah, and they had. Yeah, oh yeah. my god, that's our. You know, it's funny because I was I was a big fan of the Marvel What If stuff. So this is basically our deviations line is you know trying to riff off that a little bit, just looking at things from a different point of view, or you know if, if there was a divergent point in a storyline, you know which other direction it could have gone. That book is killer, man. I just that book is amazing, you know Casey Jones's dad actually coming to fight for his, uh, you know like all 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 the, the 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 little nuanced points in there. Hob coming back and not being, you know, fighting on the side of the turtles and just everything and just how dark it was. That ending was just I. I that book was amazing. Those things always seem like they end up with a dark ending because I guess you don't ever want the alternate version of a story to be the happier version. Because then, right? Yeah. So it's like it makes for a good cautionary. Yeah, like you know, this is what you don't want to see. Right. Otherwise, readers go, "Well, why didn't you just do that?" <laughs> <laughs> right. But I just, I just, I, I cannot praise you guys enough for that. That is probably one of my favorite Ninja Turtle associated things ever that I bought two of them and I'm not kidding. One is bagged and boarded 
and one I bought so I could actually read it and let other people read it and borrow it and get it back to me because I read it and it, it just, it was so amazing to me that I actually started sharing it around and I'm pretty sure, um, I got quite a few people that I know that actually started picking up the turtle books again that maybe didn't know that that weren't as into comics as me that maybe didn't know that there was a quality Ninja Turtle, you know, comic out there. So yeah, that book was an out of the out of the park home run. That I, I adore that book so much. Huh? Have you guys? Have, do you guys ever get? Um, have you ever thought about maybe seeing about uh, doing like almost an an animated or or a thing for 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 projects like that? Um, I mean, if that part's not up to us. Like, our, we're allowed to do comics, so if, if oh, Odin right. or Hasbro yeah, or right. whoever ever wants to turn our storylines into, you know, straight-to-DVD move or straight-to-download or whatever, um, animated movies, like, I would love to see that kind of thing, but, yeah, that's, uh, that's up to them. Okay, yeah, I, yeah, I'd see, and that, that's why you do what you do and, and I do what I do, because th- that was my first thought, like, that needs to be a thing we can watch. That that is amazing. Oh, I agree. I I would love that. Like if we could turn the Turtle City Fall storyline into an animated movie, I it'd be amazing. Oh my God, City Fall! Yes, dude. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. Yes. But um. So okay, so free comic book day. We've got Star Trek: The Next Generation and a Ninja Turtles book. We got Star Wars on the horizon. You've got all the other books are going. So, yeah, things are uh, things are always exciting over here. Yeah, man. I mean, like I said, I've I've kind of got out of and and you know I guess as the as a host I can say things less diplomatically than you, but I've kind of I don't remember the last time I bought a Marvel or DC book, honestly. Um, I know DC put out Swamp Thing again for a little while, and I was getting those on, on, it was supposed to be a six part, I don't know if they carried it over from that. Yeah, that was the Len Wein, uh, Kelly Jones book, it was a great book, it was really good. Yeah, but I, I really find myself more and more drawn to the stuff that, that you guys do at, at this point in my life, and, um, I, I just wanted to you know, reach out and actually bend your ear and just tell you that there's a lot of us out there that really love the label and, and what you guys have put out. Um, the licensed stuff and the stuff that, that isn't licensed, it's, it really is a step above a lot of, a lot of what's on the shelf when you go in week to week or month to month to pick up your, your monthly copies. I really do look forward to the stuff that you guys are putting out and, like I said, I saw your stuff at Star Wars Celebration, that you were there, and saw the book get announced, and I just I just wanted to get you for a little while to to talk about the Star Wars book and how excited I am to see that come out, man. Yeah, right. that's, that's awesome of you to say all this, man. I really appreciate it. That's, that's why we do what we do, just to make sure, you know, if people want alternatives to superhero stuff, uh, we, we've got a wide array for them. Most definitely, and I'll tell you what, we'd like to definitely have you back on. You'll notice a big difference when Steps is here to be the... Um, he reins you in. 
Yeah, kind of. I'm going to go back and listen to this and be like, Jesus, dude. Um, I I just get real... I mean, I just... I think I love this stuff maybe too much. Just, I was going to say just the right amount, it sounds like. Just the right amount. But um, I definitely had a blast. We'd love to have you back on. Yeah, let's do it. You know, when we get closer to the Star Wars comic launching or... Uh, once, once the summer conventions calm down, I'd be happy to. Beautiful, man. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I'll definitely keep in touch with you. And uh, I'll definitely keep buying my Turtles books and my Ghostbusters books. I can promise you that. That Turtles board game will be mine. At least by the end of tomorrow. Because tomorrow is payday. Excellent. Well, I hope you like it. Hope you guys have fun playing it. Most definitely, man. But we, we'll keep in touch, and thank you so much for your time listening to a a rambling comic fan. Just, <laughs> just go on. I'm, I'm, I'm on never going to complain about you. praise. Are you kidding? I liked it, so thank you. It's been good talking to you, man. Most definitely. And uh, like I said, th- thank you for your time, and we'll definitely uh, keep in touch and looking forward to that Star Wars book on the horizon. Excellent. Me too. Thanks. All righty, sir. You have a great night. You too. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye.